hail our fair Riverdale. Register. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. My name is John. Better late than never. Better late than never. That's what we always say, even though, honestly, we've really delivered on time this season, and I think that we should just get credit for that. I'm kidding. We're sorry that we're late. Um, We had family travels to do. We honestly were just off having a good time. John was in San Francisco, and I was watching my parents watch Game of Thrones. So, Oh, that's what you did when you were home for Easter. (laughs) Yes, that's what I did when I was home for Easter. So you missed my birthday to watch Game of Thrones with your parents. No, I missed your birthday to watch my parents watch Game of Thrones. (laughs) So... That was what happened. Um, yes. No, I'm sorry that I missed John's birthday, but in my defense, apparently Game of Thrones is a big deal. And also, we have our very special dinner happening yeah, on Yes, Saturday. we have a very nice dinner exactly. together. I went to San Francisco, which is a deceptive city because it's cold out, but I got a sunburn on my face. Yeah. There you uh, go. Now my face is peeling. For you, audience. I didn't notice, actually, but... uh, That's good. I'm nice. That's ideal. (laughs) Nobody notices that my face is peeling just a little bit. Well, now that you said it. Now it's all you'll be thinking? All I'm going to be thinking. And they'll only be wondering. Right. Because it's an audio podcast. Totally. What if we revealed that this whole time there was secretly a video version of our podcast online somewhere and everyone was missing it? I would jump off something. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing I want to see less. Um, Yeah, no. Us hunched around a tiny corner of the room. Yeah, no. No, thank you. By the way, I got John a cold brew and that is the sound that you hear. It's It's a jingling of ice. It keeps us human. The ASMR portion of the podcast will be beginning soon. You know, for years, I didn't know what ASMR... I mean, I, I felt ASMR, but I didn't know how to um, verbalize what I felt. And now I feel so seen. Like, it, I sort of got, like, that tingly feeling, but I... Oh, I never... I, I don't really, like, I've... You don't I've listened to it? a little bit, but I'm like, that's... Cool sound design, dude. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you don't get it then. All I think is is the yeah the sound editing, but not like. It's a great mic. Do you want to know something embarrassing? Sure. I get that feeling every time I do phone interviews with people, and so it's like I'll be on my like it's so weird. It doesn't matter what they say, but the way it comes off on speakerphone, I always get like the tingles when I get like when I do interviews with people, hmm. and they can be talking about something that's like not significant, and just I'm like, oh my god, it's like. It's weird. It's so weird. I'm sorry. That's like such a weird thing. Anyway, let's talk about Riverdale. <laughs> Kaylin, uh, this episode, you know, such a big deal. People have been waiting for our review of it for so long. So, like, what's it about? What's the title? It's uh, Fear the Reaper. Um, and we assume it is from the Blue Oyster Cult song, in parentheses, Don't Fear. And then, not in parentheses, The Reaper. Ah. Um, you may know this as the song that uh, Will Ferrell did uh, the cowbell sketch to on Saturday Night Live. Um, basically, One of the best sketches of all of Saturday Night Live. weirdly hilarious. That <laughs> makes no sense. Um, and basically, it, it's about a man who is trying to summon his love to join him in the afterlife, essentially, because he is dead I don't know how he's talking to her, but... With music. With music. Because he's in a band, but he's dead. Right. Stella just went and sat on John's lap, and I'm trying to pick her up, and she's like, no, I found my place. <laughs> like, no, I love him. Yeah. Oh, it's cute. 
anyway, so that's the thing that we, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's the nice. portion of the episode. Yes. yes. Excellent. I don't know how that really connects to this episode though. I guess. Oh, because of the, because of the talking to the dead thing. Yeah. Wait, no, that was last well, episode where Betty was like trying to convince everyone. It's like, no, that person you love is dead. Also, maybe the Riverdale Reaper. Don't fear the Reaper. Don't feel how. Oh, right. God, Elio forced that nickname into existence. Oh, no. I was actually thinking of, yeah, that's obviously what it is. Yeah. Right. Obviously. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's. Oh, right. There was an old Riverdale Reaper, too. There was. Last season. There was. There was. I'm positive Elio didn't know that. Right. He didn't. <laughs> He's like, this is so good. I'm going to call him the Riverdale Reaper. Ah, oh, nailing it. You're killing it, Elio. Does Veronica love me yet? Oh my god, why is he still here? <laughs> he moved to town. Yeah, he did. He had to, to. To run a boxing gym. This episode was written by two people, Janine Salinas Schoenberg and Will Ewing. Uh, Janine also wrote on chapter 42, The Man in Black. Which was, wasn't that like the one where everyone The farm, the other farm. Right, right. Yeah. It was the other farm episode. Well, we can't use the farm, but it's called the farm. <laughs> right. Janine, you wrote, you put a farm in this one, <laughs> and we have an actual farm. Oh my God, what are the odds of that? Janine, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, she also wrote on Snowfall and American Crime. Will Ewing, uh, this is literally his second writing credit. And the first one was for chapter 46, The Red Dahlia. Do you remember which one that was? Um, the Red Dahlia. Is it The Red Dahlia of Penelope? Uh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, it's the one with um, with Hiram's mistress. Right, is she by, the Red Dahlia? I don't... I think The Red Dahlia is in reference to Penelope Blossom. Okay, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. But it's it, they didn't actually hook up. In real life, they're in love and married and have identical children. Yes. Children that are identical to Hiram is what I was trying to say. That is right. Uh, And it was directed by Alexandra LaRoche. This is her first episode of Riverdale. She has directed for DC's Legends of Tomorrow, one of the best shows on TV. I feel like you keep talking about that. And The Flash and Arrow. So a lot of Berlanti stuff. So clearly Mm -hmm. she's in the family. Uh, Oh, and she directed for Eureka, which was a delightful show on uh, sci-fi for a little bit. What is it called? Eureka. Oh, it was, yeah. Do you know that when the yeah. small town sheriff winds up in a town full of super geniuses? That's fun. And like that. he's the everyman solving super genius problems all the time. That sounds fun. It was good. It was I a fun time. I didn't see it. I just know of it. But we got to jump into this uh, Bananas episode of Riverdale, which was also like pretty solid. Yeah, I thought it was a really good episode, actually. I enjoyed it very much. Do you want to talk about uh, Archie's plot? Uh, Josie's, or, yeah, Josie's plot kind of ties into a more so, she's just around for everyone. Yeah. She, we could deal with her on her own terms, if you want. Yeah. Uh, then there's Jughead's plot, which is the best, and, uh, Betty's plot, which is the most bananas one. <laughs> I think let's do Jughead, because, again, care the least. What? Dude, I loved Everything about this Jughead plot. Really? This was what I wanted the whole season to be. Was the there was the crazy stuff happening in the Jughead plot. Yeah. Mm, don't. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay. I see why you like it. Because Jughead uh, is playing the game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is what you wanted. You wanted the Riverdale 
the river. I wanted show. I wanted the I wanted the whole show to kind of be taken over by Griffin and Gargoyles and become gamified missions and adventures and stuff yeah. like that. Which honestly would be a good normal show. Like that yeah. should be a show. Yeah, that would be write that show. Oh. Okay, yeah, I'll just do you that. You should just write that show. That's fun. There you go. That'll be my Dungeons and Dragons show. Exactly. Didn't you say you wanted to do that for a long time? I did. I keep that idea keeps bouncing through in my head. Uh, why? But they're doing a movie. They are. I was like, why haven't they? I think done they're that? doing a movie. I know Joe Manganiello like wrote his own script what? for a movie. What? You know who he is, right? Yeah, that's why I'm like, what? He is a huge Dungeons and Dragons fan. That's adorable. Like apparently he has uh, his own room in his house for D and D playing. That's a and, rich like, person thing. Every every high level like Hollywood person who plays D and D has played it with him in that room that's very and, cute and there's some like low-key like drama in that what? vin diesel who claims to be like big into D has never played with joe manganello and he's like i don't know man i don't believe it wait that's actually really funny yeah it's like drama i'm gonna google this later joe manganello has his own like dozen dragons clothing line this is such a weird this is guy. the guy who like if anyone should be in one of these movies it would be him yeah but like he's not the kid playing it usually. I think it you like the the way the best means of attack would be similar to uh, Jumanji, the new yes, Jumanji, totally. where it's like there are kids around the table, but in the game, this like nerdy kid is Joe Manganiello. Yeah, that would be a great. They should just do that. They should. I know that's Jumanji, but they right, they did they did it in Jumanji, but like they can do it here. Yeah, it's unfortunate that Jumanji did like the perfect version of thing. it. Yeah, God, that movie was so much better than it needed to be. You know, I still haven't seen it. Really? I've seen oh, the you would Jumanji. like it. You would like the new I Jumanji. I know. I would. Okay. We're getting off off topic. We got off topic a while ago. So, Jughead, FP, and Gladys all have Kurtz in the house. I think Gladys comes in. She's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. She's like, where's Kurtz? Well, let's go oh, no. find here's him. Kurtz, and then where's... he's like... Kurtz is in the back of my squad car. Yeah, where's JB? Where's JB? No she's idea. Been, she's, she's been gone. kidnapped by the Gargoyle King and all that, all that fun stuff. Which is, I love, I love a uh, a Jones family adventure. Yeah, and love a good, love a good Skeet Ulrich screen time. In my opinion, anytime he's around, it's it just seems so divorced from the rest of the show. In so many ways. Jughead's always kind of been in his own show. Yeah. And Kurtz, uh, Kurtz is kind of going out of his way. Like, he's basically like, the only way you're going to get your daughter back is to play my game. I just don't understand why I can't beat the shit out of him. Well, I think Gladys feels the same way. Yeah, I'd be like, no, this seems like we're giving in to terrorists. I feel like, you know, I don't condone this, like, in my, like, life. But, like, for Riverdale, where everything is so fucking crazy, batshit bananas, mm-hmm. why not just beat the shit out of Kurtz, like, threaten to set him on fire until he, like, is that just, I guess that's because that's not how the show is doing the thing, and this way we don't get, that we wouldn't get the fun plot line that you wanted, but, like. Right. Yeah. It just seems like Kurtz is a little punk, and we shouldn't kick him. We should kick him? We should kick him. I don't know. You know that I would never be able to actually hurt anybody if I... If I actually went for it, despite what my dreams keep telling me, that one day it'll happen. If this is somebody's first episode, um, they're going to be very confused by what I just said, and I apologize. So Jughead's the one who convinces uh, his mom and dad to play along with the game, because I think deep down, Jughead just, like... Loves this game. He loves this game. He just really likes it, and he's like this... 
this could be kind of fun. Like a right, yeah. This is like how I tried to get my parents <laughs> to play like games with me when I was home. Yeah, yeah. Did like, you ever travel. do like game night with the family? Um, kind of. My parents are very big into Rummy Cube, and sometimes they're very into Scrabble. Well, no, my, Scrabble's more my game. I try to get everybody to play this thing called Bucket of Fun, which is a really fun game. I was a Monopoly house. Yeah, I hate Monopoly. And I'm sorry. Very early on, because I was a child, my right. strategy was just buy the first line, all the cheapest stuff, super cheap, build hotels there, and dominate. So then the parents were very quickly, like, all right, we don't let them. We don't let them get any of those spaces. <laughs> Wait, so were you good at Monopoly? I don't know, because I think they went easy on me. I honestly couldn't say for sure if I played it, like, with friends of my own age. Yeah. Because, like, it's a little bit like, he's our son. All right, let him. Let him get He's cute. The give, him the, give him the other thing from that line. All right, now he's winning. Yay. I, like, barely know how to play Monopoly. Kurt's, uh, so Kurt's hands out character classes. Uh, he gives Gladys the alchemist. Because she's a drug maker. Get it. Oh my god, yeah, that's good. I know. That and doesn't that's very obvious actually. <laughs> Alchemist doesn't quite have a one-to-one parallel in Dungeons and Dragons, but I'd probably say it's similar to like an artificer. Somebody who like, makes artifacts? Yeah, someone who brews potions. I think it's pretty much the same. A similar yeah. thing. Uh, uh, FP is given the dead eye uh, slot or a uh, card that he was back in high school. And uh, that's like a ranger. And then Jughead is Hellcaster, which I think is Warlock. Yeah, that makes sense. And then for some reason he makes them roll dice, which I'm not really sure like what that means. Because of Dungeons and Dragons, you don't just like roll uh, dice for no reason. Right. Well, you roll dice in response to stuff or when you when you determine you want to do something. And you he's got just it like, said. He's like, roll, like they're playing Candyland. Yeah. Now you move ten spaces on the board. Is that not a thing? No, that's not really a uh, that's not really how it works. Is there a board? There is a board. It depends on uh, who your game master is. What if we just decided so like, right now we'll play a D&D game, you just tell me things and then I respond to them? Didn't but, we do this once as an exercise on this? Yeah. You were just like, I kill him. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. Anyway, let's move on. I'm good at D&D. So Curse gives them this little task where it's uh, there's three cups and you know one of them has yeah. like a white marble and two of them have black marble. And Bas- if you choose wrong, you have to re- you have to reveal a secret. Yeah. So basically, it's all an exercise to get Gladys to reveal or to get someone to reveal that Gladys is making the drugs in Riverdale, which honestly they should have figured out. FP Jones calls it uh, is like, oh yeah, it's just secrets and sins, which was that dumb game that Cheryl made up back in season one at that party. Do you oh. remember? She's like, let's play a game. It's called Secrets and Sins. It's where I air your dirty baggage and nothing that. else happens. It's like BS, truth or dare. Because it's not like you have to tell the truth. It's just like something has to be revealed. Right. There's literally no consequences. <laughs> there's no, there's no dare part, which is honestly the fun part of truth or dare. Yes, because honestly, here's truth or dare is just like a mean manipulative. It game. is. It is. I, I wish people would stop playing it. After seeing would, would, would learn to have more fun with it, you know, because truth right. or dare is always like either injure yourself or make out with somebody are like the only two <laughs> kind of the only time kind of uh, like like go do something moderately dangerous. Yeah. But like guys, play truth or dare, and then if someone says dare, just be like, I dare you to order pizza for everybody. Oh, that sounds delicious. Sorry, I'm hungry. <laughs> I don't know why I said it that way. It sounds good though. So Gladys draws the wrong marble, and she has to. Like, like, she tries to even not say anything. And Jughead's like, this is for Jellybean's life, Mom. That's a very good Jughead. Say it. 
Say it out loud. Say it or I will. Yeah. And she's like, fine. I'm the new drug dealer in town. And the fact that you didn't figure this out makes you a shitty sheriff. Effie doesn't take it well. No. Uh, Effie's actually a very good actor. Oh, Steve he's Ulrich doing great. is really delivering this season, and I just want to give him some special shout out. Yeah, good for him, because he's probably going to step into, like, the main father figure role for I the imagine, series moving yeah. forward. And he earned it. He's had a pretty good arc. It's he been has. I understated. Know. Like, there's never been, like... It feels like all like a lot of his own character choices have happened off screen. Yeah. Uh, but like he's 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 earned his spot as sheriff now, which is the craziest thing to think about. I know. I actually feel like he is a man of the law, which is weird because he was sh- like hiding a dead kid's body <laughs> season one. I haven't forgiven him for that, honestly. But other than <laughs> right, 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 yeah. that thing. Oh, he he also he also helped hide a body in season two. Yes, but that was for his true love, Alice. <laughs> you know that the only Yeah, thing, that's working out great for him too, isn't it? Yeah, the only thing that I do is ship. I realize that's, that. Yeah, what did I text you immediately after Avengers? Uh, who were you shipping? Uh, well, was it, was it, it was Valkyrie that's and Captain Marvel. That's yeah. Oh, Curses, by the way, loving all the drama he's making happen yeah. between that family. How old is Kurtz? Yes. Yes, yes. Oh, he's old. He is old. But, but also a not teenager? Not as old as Evelyn, so everyone is younger than Evelyn now. So the next mission Kurtz gives them, which is a real mission and not just like, say something, um, is that they have to steal a treasure from the tavern. Pops. My favorite thing, though, is when FP is like, what? Rob a store? I'm the sheriff. And I'm like, but you are the sheriff who was a former gang leader who tried to kill Hiram Lodge in, like, three episodes ago. You're not exactly the generic, you know, good guy sheriff. Like, let's yeah, be. You've... Come on. What are the like, odds? What's the over-under odds that he's robbed Pops before? Oh, probably, yeah, of course. He, he would probably be like, all right, so I know where they keep the money. <laughs> like, here's this plan that actually I've had in my back pocket for a while. I was going to use it. I always want to use it, and then I became sheriff. I'm like, well, I guess I don't need this anymore. Yeah. I like to imagine between this scene and the next scene, they all had to pick up Kurtz and move him into the car and then, like, <laughs> get, the, get the ski masks out and stuff. Because they very good, very because they run into pops with ski masks on, and they're like, "Give us the money." And I love that pop is like, "Oh, oh hell no, no, not again!" And like pulls up a shotgun. Ever since the riots, pop has been on edge, waiting right. for this moment. So he shoots FP, but like not a lot. Like FP is only <laughs> not a lot. FP's like grazed or something. Yeah. But Jughead, uh, in a moment of something that will have deep consequences, he just rips the mask off, and he's mm. like, "Wait, pop, don't." Which, like, what there's no reason shot, what shot anyway. <laughs> but he's like, you come in, you sit with your goddamn typewriter for hours and you never order anything. I'm going to lose more money keeping you alive. Actually, and that's really why I didn't shoot. He's like, this kid is half of my income. That's I true. cannot shoot him. Although he has not been at Pops for a while. No. He's been too busy with the gangs and the dealers and the gargoyles and the helicats and the right. You know how it is. Yeah. Whatever. And while they're while they're doing this, they're, we're just gonna pepper in some Josie stuff. Yeah. Josie is talking to her dad, who we haven't seen since season one. Yeah, who was very mean in season one. Right. And is kind of still mean now. Yeah, he's come he's come around a little bit, a but little. she's like, listen, dad, I want to go shoot uh, my own pilot. I mean, I want to go on <laughs> tour with you. Uh, for a while, is that is that okay? And he's like, "Why not stay in this safe town?" And then the robbery happens. <laughs> She's like, 
See? I- Why would you assume this town is safe? There was a serial killer last season. There was, like, a murder the season before that. Why would you ever assume Riverdale is safe? And, in fact, the more we learned about Riverdale, the more we learned that Riverdale was never safe. That's the thing that drives me crazy because the first season of Riverdale indicates that, oh, this is, like, the broken... It's like there's a piece of Riverdale that became, like, shattered the moment Jason Blossom was killed. Then we learn, like, all this backstory about how there was, like, a triple homicide. <laughs> right, right. Oh, there was that serial killer way back when. And the riots. Remember the riots? And the riots and the drugs that were always here. Right. The, um, the narrative for Riverdale was always meant to be like, oh, it presents so well on the surface, but deep underneath. And, and they're like, Never oh, presented. and Jason Blossom was the thing that cracked that open. Yeah. But like, the more we learn is like, oh, this place has been a mess forever. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, they go back and be like, yeah, remember that guy who killed all the uh, Native Americans? They put a curse on the land, and uh, it was deemed to be chaos forever. Oh, yeah, that was a thing. (laughs) That was a thing. The guy who killed all the Native Americans. Yeah. What if the curse was like, for every generation, a redhead will be born, and when that redhead comes of age, the the town will be destroyed. (laughs) I love that. Let's write that. Okay. That's a good idea for a show called Riverdale. It's an impressive thing about Gladys is her ability to cut and run uh, at even the slightest inconvenience. After after the robbery, she's like, she's like, no, let's fucking go. Cool. Let's um, let's just get out of here. Does yeah. that sound good? Did All she right, forget great. about JP, JB, JP, JB? Well, I mean, she wants JB. She just at the end of the episode, she's like, bye, JB. <laughs> I she didn't want her dead. <laughs> right. Right. I want to get you back, but, like, this is my thing. Bye. Yeah. I hope that she has, like, an FX pilot she's She was off-screen a very different person in seasons one and two. Where it seemed like she was the responsible one. who was like, I have to get out because dad's too much of a mess. But turns out she was like, honey, I know you're, like, in this gang and you're doing crime, but I want to do more crime. And this gang isn't doing enough crime. So I'm going to go (laughs) and do my own crime elsewhere. (laughs) I'm just, I'm too independent to do crime with your crime group. To be fair, she's right about the crime group not doing enough crime. <laughs> right. She's like, your gang doesn't make sense. I'm going to join a real gang in Toledo. Yeah. It's tough over there. So they wake Kurtz up and his, and he like, it's like, oh, don't worry. I have the next card ready. It's Trial of the Cyclops. So good. They killed uh, Penelope Beauty's eye. Yeah. They yeah. killed her so eye. That sounded weird. They Jug- took out Jughead's like, what is this? And Glass is like, I know. And they like go to... A secret room. I think it actually might be like the new uh, Serpent's headquarters or yeah. something. And out watch Penny. Out walks Penny Peabody with I'm an eye patch. There. And it's like she's not dead, and she has one eye. Now. I mean, obviously she's not dead because I feel like if we don't see a body, and even if we see a body, sometimes like yeah, which yeah. will fall right into our Betty discussion later. Right. Uh, no but body. Kurtz is like, you're gonna fight. With Psy and gives them all these like like nin- Ninja Turtles it's weapons. Amazing. And to the to like Josie's song, Gladys fights. Uh, back to Black, the Amy Winehouse version. Right. Yeah. Gladys fights Penny Peabody. It's great. And like br- and like breaks her arm and stuff. It's wild. It's really all I needed. It's so ridiculous. I love it so much. Did I not tell you about like my love of Penny Peabody? You, I don't think we ever talked about that, no. She's just so extra all the time. She's always at, she, like, an 11. <laughs> she is. But she knows exactly what show she's in. Exactly, which I appreciate. Should we throw in some Josie nonsense? Yeah. Uh, this is more about, more fits into, like, Archie's stuff, I think. 
But like Josie's singing uh, singing a benefit for um, Randy Ronson, and she wants her dad her to family, and her and her dad's like, but no, her dad's the worst. Yeah, it's like, oh, that seat's empty, and Archie's not there too. Yeah, and Archie's doing his own thing, but yeah. that's fine. Right. Yeah, poor Josie. Poor Josie, whose dad doesn't love her that much. Which, by the way, the the stage design for that is so great with, like, the hanging light bulbs and stuff. And her dress is, like, so glittery. She looks amazing. It's, like, a special effect. She's beautiful. She's doing amazing. Uh, I kind of, like, it's, I'm in this weird space with her. Where I'm like, oh, but it's the end of the season. But I want... And, like, she's finally getting her due, and I want to see more of, of, of this level of Josie in Riverdale. So I kind of don't want Katie Keene to happen. I want yeah. them to just keep it up with her. But I know that if she doesn't go to Katie Keene and comes back to Riverdale, she'll probably become sidelined again. So, yeah. like, I do want Katie Keene to happen. I see what you're saying. But I'm also nervous Katie Keene is going to happen, and Josie's still going to get sidelined in that show. I don't... For Katie Keene. I... I'm surprised that they didn't just do Josie. Right. But at the same time, I don't think she'll be sidelined. I kind of wish that they did Katie and Josie in the title. It's just like Josie and the Pussycats would be a show about music, which is cool. And like, you know, CW already had a musical show and you could potentially mine some of those Oh, people, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Right, to help yeah. make... Uh, a Josie and the Pussycats show that's like a musical or something like that. I kind of wonder if there might be some issue with that. But Katie Keene is a character all about fashion, and right. I, I think don't know. When, I don't know how well that how well that'll play. I think I think it'll be fun. It's I think like, really like high speed business mogul fashion stuff. I want to say that it's like um, that it's like Ugly Betty, but I think glamorous is going to be like. I think Ugly it's Betty. the Devil Wears Prada. Well. Ugly Betty is basically the devil wears. You're right. Prada, you're right. So. That's a good point. I mean, it's not big, but it's like, very different. But, but like, instead, in this version, no one's ugly ever. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you even suggest it? Uh, so Gladys and FP are both out of commission by this point, and Kurtz is just like, and then there was one. So Kurtz takes Jughead to the final challenge, which is like we got these two Port-a-pots? standing. I was gonna say freezers. Freezers would make more sense. Uh, in the in the junkyard, it's like your do- your sister's behind one of them. This Jing. happened in a horror movie. I um, think so. Yes, and I am trying to think of what it was, but it reminds me of like seven. But like, yeah, ah, she's dead. Yeah, the funny Foster's head is definitely. On uh, oh, but there's like two symbols on it too. So one of the one of the freezers has the griffin, and one of them has the gargoyle. What's a griffin? Griffin's like, it's a, like a griffon, though. It's not a griffin. Like well, I mean, it's just a, it's just a spelling. It's the same creature. Oh, then I know what that is. Great, because there's that bar yeah. griffin. Right. That's then. That's why you would know. Yeah. The jugget opens one. It's empty. He opens another. It's also empty. Weird how that works. Oh, did you think that playing by a terrorist rules would get you anywhere? Kurtz puts Jughead at gunpoint. He Jughead demands to talk to. JB and she's like yeah I was just hanging out with my friend Ricky and we just got home where is everybody my psychotic friend Ricky I kind of knew this was happening you think I thought I thought she was legitimately kidnapped somewhere I didn't because we never saw her legitimately kidnapped somewhere which made me think oh she's just gonna show up she's gonna show up and it's gonna be fine and that's almost like a more cruel twist yeah but I thought it was a good twist yeah I was was like oh my god it was all for nothing exactly I think that's like much because imagine if like if he died, which he's not going to, but if he did, right. at least he did save JB. It's so much worse <laughs> if he died not to save anybody. Right. He was like, kill her. 
and then and then locked Jughead in. Right. Which so is why Jughead is like flame bash out. This is one of my many nightmares. I know I talk about what my nightmares are a lot. Um, the falling thing is 100% one of them, but also getting locked in a freezer with no way out, because my mom always used to tell me... Always used to lock you in that freezer. <laughs> <laughs> no, she always used to tell me that, like, I can never play in a refrigerator. <laughs> Which, that's totally true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yes, but... Right. but also, like, I guess you can't open it from the inside. Have you ever seen The Leftovers? Yes. Do you remember the episode where the teenagers are, like... Playing in oh right they do lock some lock uh, the daughter in the yeah but like for fun right for funsies yeah it's a very teenager move right I mean they are not afraid of death <sighs> these kids guys leftovers is super good is it though anyway <laughs> I'm not a huge fan if you it's if just you, not my show it's just if, not my thing. if you like the morbid parts of Avengers Endgame you'll love the leftovers see I do though and I just wish it was. I, more fast paced. I wish it was an NBC show. I'm not kidding. What, well, like a up. weekly procedural, yes, but also 3% of humanity is gone? I wish it was manifest. No, it's like a really introspective show that isn't about answers, it's about faith. Right, I want it to be about answers. My only issue with The Leftovers is that the theme song for the first season sucks. That's your only issue. With <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what are we doing? Oh, it's so long, God. See, I wish the, le- if the Leftovers was, uh, if The Leftovers was a movie, I would really like The Leftovers, but... I felt like I was waiting and waiting and waiting for answers. Right, but it's not about answers. Right, here's the it's thing. It's about the characters and their journeys. And when he gets out, Kurtz is just dead. And the Gargoyle King is hanging out behind him. I literally don't remember this. <laughs> we watched the same show? Yeah. I believe you. I believe that this happened. Yeah. I missed this part, apparently. Kurtz dies. Kurtz dies, Or does he ascend? He ascends. That's the same no. thing. We've learned that. <laughs> Drama. Well, forget that. I got to go get my sister. And then when he gets home, she's fine. Right. Exactly. Ricky didn't do anything. Because he's a small, small Ricky, boy. Ricky can't kill anyone. Yeah. But he, he could try. If Ricky couldn't kill Archie, who could he kill? <laughs> right. Archie, you mean like the... Arguably, Archie should be very easy to kill. <laughs> because, it, well, the bear didn't do it. Yeah. So anyway, the next day at the hospital, Gladys has a cast on that's arguably three sizes too big for her arm. It is huge. It's like... Look at, look at this cast. It's, it's gigantic. It looks like it could it's, several arms. It's way too big. No way is that keeping her arms still and stable enough to do anything. And uh, they have like, what do we do now kind of conversation. Yeah, they make up very quickly for no reason here. Jughead is like, listen, all this drama that happens with our family, Jellybean can't go through that anymore. And you shouldn't have to either. You should stay. Give up the drug trade. We're all going to be a happy family again. I just I just want to live with three people at once. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> Doesn't matter who it is, actually. Just three people but at like, once. You know, I like you. You're all right. <laughs> but you, he, you've got a fun personality. It's just the drug dealing. you got to stop doing that. She does have a fun personality. Yeah. I agree with this. Yeah, I enjoy having her on the show. Yeah, I guess that Jughead was also trying to speak from a place of... Um, I don't know, like, hoping that she could change. Do you think, like, a couple seasons ago, Jughead would have said something different, though? Like, I guess he... Why, why does he... Why does he... Care? Yeah. About Why this? does he think that such a thing is possible? Well, maybe because he saw his dad change. Oh, you know what? Maybe, yeah. I'll buy it. I'll bite. Yeah. But... No. Gladys has two moves. Her first move is to leave town. Her second move is to show up and sell drugs. Right. So, so. she goes back to move number one. She's like, I'm going to get out of here. 
But JB can stay, which is kind of cute. Can stay. We needed more characters on the show. Thank God we got one more to deal with. Yeah, there's a tearful goodbye, hugging JB. JB's like, I don't understand what's happening. Which again, I thought JB was in on all of this when they showed up to town. Because well, there's a moment where Glass is like, and you've got dad wrapped around your finger. I guess maybe she knew about the buying the Cooper house and maybe not the drugs, which would make sense. Maybe. Yeah. And now this opens the door for FP to rescue Alice in a valiant effort, right? I don't know how he... Like, he literally hasn't spoken or thought of Alice <laughs> in weeks. They've thought of each other. They moved me. on so quick. Earlier this season, they're like, we're in bed naked together. It's good times. And then, like, episodes later, they haven't seen each other for a while. And then all of a sudden, Alice is like, what about us? And I'm like, yeah, you both forgot about this relationship. No, but seriously, what about us? What no. do they want from <laughs> us? What are we supposed to do? What am I, what am I supposed to do with this? No. So Gladys leaves. You can see that... um. They've stuffed blankets or something into her giant cast <laughs> to keep it on her on her tiny little arm. <laughs> she John walks out loves, the door, loves never this. to be seen again. I love the tiny cat, the giant cast on her tiny little arm. <laughs> oh, Alice. and that's the oh. end of uh, the Alice stuff, which really frees Jughead up to deal with only Gargoyle King stuff. It also has eliminated the only. Named character who was tied. I guess Ricky's left, but like Kurtz yeah. was a really fascinating character tied directly to the to the Gargoyle King, and now we just have the Gargoyle King. What? What should we also talk about? Maybe Josie's tearful goodbye because I feel like that's Archie stuff that's though. Yeah. Her only part of her plot that really ties into the Jughead stuff is her scene with her dad in the diner. Yeah. Now, do you want to talk about about Archie stuff next? Yeah, I do. Okay. Because that's mm. you always want to save Betty for last. I always because you save like Betty. her the most. Exactly. But. It's kind of in order of how much I like everybody. And the thing is, Jughead is definitely the most the actor the uh, character doing the most at any given point. Like, Betty does the most, but Jughead does a little bit more because he's involved in so many plot lines. Right. Archie usually just has this one random shit thing. Not shit. I didn't mean shit. I meant, it's like... It's pronounced boxing. <laughs> random... <laughs> boxing thing. Right. I don't know how you got it that wrong, but... Yeah, no, it's a boxing thing. It's fine. But you know what? We got more Mad Dog. We got more Mad Dog, and we got our last episode of... Fred Andrews. Um, let's just talk address that at the top of the thing because we're eventually going to talk about Archie's boxing plot and that will distract us. <laughs> so Fred doesn't really have too many scenes here. I think he actually only has two, maybe. I think he he delivers some sage wisdom on the way out. Yeah, which is like Angel Fred, who's been around for the past couple episodes. I know. I wonder if maybe there was <clears> more <throat> of him that were that that's on the cutting room floor. Yeah, I think so. It's. Again, it's so crazy that he seems to be keep getting goodbye scenes. It is weird, right? Yeah. It is. It's um, like he uh, relays some wisdom. Honestly, huge credit to the editors. This is a, you know, a hard, hard situation. Yeah. And he nothing happens to Fred in this episode, which I stand by my thought that they're not really going to address it for the rest of the season because totally they have a lot so to deal with. And it might be like a thing that, that comes up at the very end of the season. I think that they may <clears throat> even save it, honestly, for season four after a time jump, because I can't really imagine, unless it's going to be like, FP comes in and it's like, Archie, I have something bad to tell you. Your dad was in a car accident, and that's like the end of season. You think they'll time jump over the summer, and it'll be yeah, like... Yeah, that's my thought. It just seems like the only thing that really makes sense, because you don't want to rush it, and you don't want to do it cheaply. Um mm-hmm. 
it's hard because it's not like the actor chose to leave the show. It's like, yeah. you know, we're never going to get the closure that we really yeah. want. And it's, it's so sad. But I think, I mean, I think that they're going to do the most respectful thing. Yeah. Because of how much love and respect they have for him. And it's very an respectful actor. in this episode that they don't just go, and then he's dead, you know? Right, exactly. Uh, Which is weird because they do have another potential death in this episode. So I was like, oh, that's, yeah, that's a strange that is, well, thing. That man's not dead. No, he's not. Yeah, no, he's not. So everyone's waiting at the hospital to find out if Randy Ronson is dead. And, like, of course he is. Yeah. yeah of course he's dead. Archie killed a man. Also, this, this <laughs> scene made me remember how I have no idea how old Randy is because I saw this woman who I also have no idea how old this woman is. Right, right. What was your first thought on her? Was I like, is that his mom? <laughs> I thought it was his daughter. So the, isn't that the funny thoughts that ran through. No, no. The, multiple thoughts ran through my head. It's like, is that his mom? No, she's too young to be his mom. Is that his wife? Does that make all these other girls his daughters? <laughs> Right. How exactly. old is this guy? Turns out they're all his sisters. Eventually they settled on the safest bet, which was that they're siblings, which means they can literally be any age yeah. pretty much. And it wouldn't be controversial. There's just a bunch of siblings and Elio. Yeah. Elio, who was a real asshole for no fucking reason. When the when Randy's 18 sisters uh, <laughs> go away to see the body, Archie goes to the doctor and is like, there's something you gotta know. He was juicing. And then Elio's like... No, he wasn't. I did not give him drugs immediately before that fight started. Everybody saw it. <laughs> and then he was in the ring. Mad Dog's like, yeah, you did. I'm your. I'm one of your fighters, too. You love giving us drugs. <laughs> Test He's, my pee. Test my pee. The, the blood is on your hands. And Elliot's like, no, it's on Archie's hands. Literally, he punched the guy. And Archie's like, no, it's not. I was wearing boxing gloves. There's no <laughs> blood on my hands. They're very clean right now. Maybe a little sweaty. Don't smell my hands. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird that he just immediately started yelling at everyone, not smell his hands. Um, yeah, so Elio just sucks, right? Like, Elio like, is the worst. He's low threat Hiram. He's yeah. Like, which makes the ending of this episode super funny on that fly, <laughs> where he like hangs out with Hiram, and Hiram's just like, I'm better than you. We go back to the Andrews house, where Fred assures Archie that the autopsy will find drugs in his system. <laughs> <clears throat> like, there's no way Elio can back out of that one. Yeah. Uh, but he can back out of responsibility. He can be like, oh, Randy did drugs? What? I had no idea. Crazy. Uh, but Archie, I actually really like this from Archie. He's like, well, I did have the opportunity to shut down this fight, but I wanted to win so badly that I did it, that I continued anyway. I still don't get why Archie cares so much about boxing. Well, he... He clearly, at the end of this, he's like, I'll never fight again. And it's like, good, we can move on. Yeah, at the end okay. of this, he's like, okay, but you own a gym now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suddenly it's like you're not showing up to clean it. And what do you mean with that gym shoved into the void where your car went? Like, yeah, where's his weird car that you like? It's been too cold, and it only has no roof. <laughs> I told you that was an impractical thing. <laughs> you live in Canada, Archie. I mean, Riverdale State. If you live anywhere besides maybe, maybe here, it's Florida? very impractical. Actually, it rains a lot in Florida. It rains so much in Florida. So Mad Dog calls Archie in the middle of the night from a payphone. Archie has a cell phone. Mad Dog found one of the last payphones in America, just outside, to call Archie to be like, what about those drugs? <laughs> They're going to come looking for those drugs. we got to get rid of those Does drugs. He have a cell phone. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but he fine. found a payphone. 
Yeah, yeah. Riverdale is a Wait, town of no time. Did he think about this in the middle of the night and like just start running around to find a payphone somewhere? He's like he lives. He has a house. Elio bought him a house with his with his mom and and Very, siblings. He's trying to keep it a secret, even though he everyone, including Elio, knows that he is definitely on our right. side. So they. This is my thing. Why did Mad Dog give Archie drugs? Archie did not use those drugs. And now they're just there so that someone can be like, you have drugs here. Archie should be mad at Mad Dog. <laughs> really? I don't think... He seems like a good pro. I know, but like, why did Archie keep the drugs in the, in the, uh, in, in the gym? Yeah, it's... Archie's not very bright. It's you're right, you're right. He is dumb. <laughs> no offense. It's, he's like dumb in... I think people think I hate Archie, but he's just dumb in a way all teenage boys are dumb. Yeah. So they go to the gym and try to get rid of the drugs. And of course that's when two cops show up, two cops who I didn't know we had other cops, you know? Yeah. we Sometimes the sheriff station is like, we got a bunch of people. And then other times like, Oh, we need high school. Only one person works there. And my son's the detective. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey son, can you come solve the Uh, crimes? But they catch drug, uh, Archie and mad dog in possession of drugs. Of course they do. But of course, Veronica just shows up and breaks her ex-boyfriend and mad dog out of, uh, out of holding. I don't really understand how that's just like a normal thing that a teenager can do. Well, she has money. She has so. money. But she doesn't have money. That's the thing. We learned that she doesn't have money. She's so severely in debt. Why does she have the ability to do this? Because she turned it into a casino. So now she makes more money. Like imagine the story that would be on the cut, right? About a teenager running a casino in a small town, New York. Can thing. you imagine how often this town would be in the national news cycle? Oh, yeah. With all the stuff that happened there? Like like the the Jason Blossom thing? That's a news story. Every then day. it's like, remember that town with the where that child was murdered by his own father? <laughs> well, things keep getting weirder for Riverdale. Now there's a serial killer on the loose. I think we should really just write this newspaper. Right. And, and then this so season, fun. it's like, the the boy that was accused of murder in, in Riverdale went to prison and then escaped. Through a tunnel and then in later, a pool. He was exonerated. And now I- he runs a boxing gym. <laughs> Oh, what a human interest Like, we would keep hearing about Riverdale. People would be like, I know, I know, like, the world's on fire, but have you heard about this one town in America? Because there is some fucked up shit happening. It is nuts. Honestly, yeah. They're at the diner, and they're watching a TV interview with Alice and Elio, and Elio is like, yes, he's dead because Archie, his competitor, gave him performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> the dumbest. <laughs> so, There's no logic there. <laughs> so that he would die from his enhanced performance. Yeah. What is? How? Explain to me how that would hold up in court. The logic there doesn't exist. Well, somehow Archie Andrews gave Randy Ronson drugs, so Randy Ronson would almost kill Archie Andrews. <laughs> but then Archie would die? kill. R- Randy, <laughs> and that's that's how that that that's the only possible thing that could have happened here. Don't look further into my my uh, decisions. So everyone is very stupid. Alice also does Alice not remember that like she like I know that she doesn't care for many people these days, but Alice just really throws Archie under the bus quite quite frequently. So Veronica's idea. To prove Elio wrong that Archie didn't give Randy Ronson drugs is for him and Mad Dog to prove that they're not on drugs. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Veronica, yeah, right? So when Veronica is, like, doing a press conference... Teenagers can do that. Archie Andrews and Mad Dog Moore, <laughs> that's his real name, don't look it up. Mad, first name, <clears throat> Are both name not dog. on drugs. So we're all good. And then the, um, the 32 uh, Ronson sisters... <laughs> Uh, now there's more of them. show up. They're like, he murdered our brother. He's a murderer. Doesn't she kind of look like, um, what's her name? Riley Keough? I've been trying to place this actress since the moment she showed up on screen. Be like, you're in something. I know. She's not, but she looks so familiar. Yeah. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to, real quick, I'm going to try to look it up. What would her name be? Anna Van Hooft plays Miss Ronson. <laughs> Well, Randy's sister, Miss. Uh, <laughs> She's see. on Altered Carbon. I guess. She was a character named Clarissa Severin in Altered Carbon. God, I do not remember that at all. If only I knew someone who worked on Altered Carbon. I know. Oh, my God. Uh, she was in... Supernatural. Witches of East End. Fringe. She was somebody's assistant. An episode of Arrow, an episode of Supernatural, a couple episodes of Fringe. Oh my god, do I know her from the Flash Gordon TV series from 2008? I definitely don't. Oh my god, I do. That is my point of reference. Back in 08, they tried to do Flash Gordon as like a sci-fi series. Uh Maybe I knew with that. um the guy who played Whitney in Smallville as the as the new Flash Gordon, uh-huh. they tried to like do like a grounded version of Flash Gordon, which is not possible. It's very dumb. Yeah. Uh, so, but that's it. That's where I know her from. She was the princess from that. Okay. And then she slaps him. Right. Archie's like Miss Ronson. Your first name's Miss, right? <laughs> I didn't kill your brother. And then she just slaps him across the face. I saw you killed the brother and the right. That's what she does. That's that's her voice. That's her voice. She talks like... I saw you do it to my brother. (laughs) She talks exactly like that. And Alice Cooper's like, ooh, did you get that? Yeah, Alice, this is like a boy that lived next door to your whole life. Your your daughter's longtime crush. Yeah, and also... like, like, ooh, did you get that woman slapping him? More importantly, Fred Andrews' son. So Archie runs over to Veronica in the middle of the night, and he's just desperate to atone for his sin that he really... Isn't super responsible for, but this is Archie, so he feels responsible for everything. Yeah, that's I get that. And he loves nighttime runs. He just he absolutely loves them. The the worse the weather, the better. Yeah, as we learned in the first episode. Right. Well, that was like the second or third. Yeah, yeah we, we, we did we did this big shirtless nighttime run. We learned it. Uh, and Veronica is like a charity boxing match, and he's like probably tone deaf. Uh, <laughs> she's like, uh, we'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll sing. We'll do, we'll do a song and thing. At the, we have two things we do. We do boxing matches listen, and we do we either got We either do boxing or we do La Bone Nuts. So <laughs> one of these two. <laughs> I think we settle on La Bone Nut. Where Josie sings. Yeah, Josie And her sing. dad doesn't care that much. And it's sad. My favorite part is that Elio shows up to the, to the boxing gym with like, I brought two bruisers and a check. Here you go. Here's your winnings. Jerk, you killed a man. Oh, Elio sucks for no reason. He shows up and he's like, here's $50,000. Now she's like, I don't want your blood money. He's like, fine, but like, what if I signed you? And like... We could go to Vegas together. Yeah. Hey. I'm a child. I I thought of this great nickname. You're the Riverdale Reaper. First time I've ever heard that. No one's ever said that before. I'm the first guy to say that thing. You're the Riverdale Reaper. Ah. Man. So I just want to like. I hope this comes back in miniature. Archie's plot in this is that this man offers him fifty thousand dollars and he's like, no. 
And then later <laughs> in the episode, when he's when they're planning the charity thing, Archie's like, I'm gonna be late uh, to Josie's performance. Because I've decided I do want that money <laughs> after all, but to give to Miss Ronson. Right. Which is where he probably would have thought of initially, but that's fine. So he, like, goes back to confront Elio outside the gym and, like, threatens him and takes the money off of him. And Elio's like, see, you're the Riverdale Reaper. It's such a good nickname <laughs> that no one's ever thought of before. I live here now. <laughs> this is my home. I don't have a home. <laughs> Please, do you have an extra bed? It's actually really bad. Oh, I gave my only house to Mad Doc's family. They won't <laughs> let me stay there. So Josie gives her performance, and at the end, Archie isn't there, but her dad is, and he's applauding. Slow he's like, clap. all you had to do was lose all of your friends for me to respect <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, poor Josie. Oh, I really hope that her and her dad form a real bond when they go on tour together, because I'm not optimistic about it. Right. That. No, me neither. Uh, She's going to show up in New York and be like, yeah, um, I never want to talk to my dad ever again. He sucks. Uh, but he does agree to take her on tour. And Meanwhile, Archie... Katie Keene. Archie pays back Miss Ronson, and she's like, thank you for this money. <laughs> I have 40 sisters. <laughs> cool. So it's a hundred dollars uh, per sister. That, that That's good. Yeah. You're going to do, you're going to do great. And then Katie Keene. Well now not Katie Keene. Oh my God. Josie and Archie. have a <clears throat> Right. Little... Josie breaks up with Archie. She's, she's, re- she's singing a song that I think the Pussycats did like back in season one, oh. but like a soulful version. And then so, she, uh, she lets Archie down easy, which I is the end that. of. I loved the way she broke up with him by saying, we're not Endgame, which comes out on April 26th. Yeah, we're not Avengers Endgame. No spoilers. <laughs> Seriously, I'll kill you. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously this sets up Veronica and Archie. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah, driving Veronica. Veronica and Archie back together. Great. Love redoing the same romances we've been doing for years now. I mean, she's right, though. Josie's right. They didn't really have insane no, chemistry. No, but I think it says something that Archie's uh, healthiest relationships are all with women of, are. Oh, no, actually, Veronica is a woman of color. I was like, yeah, he has only dated women of color in this series. Yeah. And a teacher. And a teacher. So you're, you're, this is your. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think but it's like, nice to do that. Uh, Every every pussycat he's dated has been, like, good for her, him. Yeah. And then, like, everyone else has been very detrimental for him. So he only dates pussycats. Well, actually, Veronica was one for a little bit, too. He only dates pussycats. Yeah. Dude, well, let's get Melanie back in there, right? Or no. Yeah, what was Melody. Melody? Yeah, I think it's Melody. That was the last one? Yeah. Let's, uh... No, Val was the last one he dated. Melody was the Melody was, was the was the other pussycat who we've kind of lost track of. Yeah. Because Valerie's on Altered Carbon now. Right. And... Asha, I think her name is. She was cool. I liked her. I'm, I'm sad to see this relationship go, because I thought it was really good for both of them. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Yeah, but good is boring. And then we get a shot, a scene of Elio in the steam room talking to um, Hiram, who is a dick. Listen, still. yeah, is a dick. But listen, if you're um, attracted to men in any way, he's holy a very fuck, attractive man. He yes, looks like course. an action figure. I know he does. And then there's Elio. He is only hard body. So because it sweeps, Hiram's like. We don't have a truce anymore. It's the end of the season. Something's got to happen. Yeah, he saved my life, but he also almost killed me. So I hate Archie again. And you know what? Let's kill Archie. (laughs) Honestly, though, I kind of agree with Hiram here. I mean, like, why would you forgive somebody for killing you when initially they were there to murder you? For saving you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not good. 
And then Archie and Veronica have a scene that's like, oh, they're probably going to get back together. Obviously. They've been probably going to get back together since the moment they decided they were going to break And I am just so over it. Oh, my God. But you know what we're not over? Betty! 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 All right. Let's talk about Betty. So Evelyn and Betty are in the hallway. Or Betty is watching Evelyn in the hallway where a nurse comes up and is like, Evelyn, did you get your... Oh, yeah. Your Big news. Meningitis the farm shot? is anti-vax. Yeah, I thought that, and I was like, oof. And then I was like, that can't be the only point right. of this episode. Yeah, she probably is like, we have these special rules because I don't want anyone to find out that I'm actually 27 years old, 26, exactly. 26 years old. 26 years old. Uh, Tony is like, We're, I'm still undercover. This definitely isn't going sideways. Mm, yeah. I was actually pretty surprised by Tony's, uh, Tony's arc if you can say that. But I'm not sure it's going to stick. Right. We'll see. Right. So Benny, uh, like, becomes suspicious of Evelyn because of the nurse thing, I think. Well, goes to, like, check her school records because, like, she's like, yeah. in my special school records. Right. It reminds her, oh, I should have been checking Evelyn's right. school records. Boy, I should have done this a while ago. Yeah, this is my and, thing. And, like, it's crazy that, like, it's easy to find. It's like, oh, look, she was a junior before and... Before that. Super easy. Too easy. It's just, it's all right there. Uh, yeah, she's, she calls past high schools that Evelyn went to, and for years she's been a junior. And it, and it turns out that girl is 26 years old. You know what's funny? Because remember how I was like, oh, it's so crazy that Evelyn was on Orphan Black like six years right, ago. Right, and she looked, so, she looked young then, too. And she looked so She looked older then, which was weird. Yeah. Um, so for once, it's how she's dressed. appropriately cast someone. Yeah, good job. Yeah. But that's not all. There's also a plot where Edgar Evernetter, Ever Never, Ever Never, is getting married to Alice. And they want to adopt the twins. Which are not Alice's twins, so that's confusing. But are dead. Those babies are dead, okay? Why didn't they just, why didn't she want to marry Polly? Why didn't he want to marry Polly? No, he's not really into Polly. Oh, uh, I guess so. They didn't have a lot in common. Maybe they could all Listen, marry. they tried. They went on a few dates, but they just, it just ultimately, the, the attraction wasn't there. Yeah, no. Um, I, he just <laughs> seems all over the board with ages. So right, right, right. He either likes likes uh, uh, older women or like women who are young and will look young <laughs> forever. And there's the only two speeds he rolls in. Yeah, it's so much uh, pressure on women these days to be both those things. And so... Uh, Betty goes to her dad. Sure, uh, he's he's there listening to Dane Cook in the uh, he's listening to Dane Cook in the cell, and he's like, "Listen, you don't need to uh, go to a social worker. You need to go to Penelope Blossom." To which Betty should have responded, "I never want to do that." <laughs> but yet she always seems to do that. Yeah, she does exactly what her dad said, which is frustrating. But also, it kind of works out because Penelope would want the babies. Would she raise them the creepy way that she was raised? A hundred. It's so funny that Penelope like goes in and comes out. It's like I was only able to get one. <laughs> Can we talk about? <laughs> so how it turns out one of the babies is alive. Can we talk about how the baby is clearly too young and was clearly just like a bunch of blankets wrapped together? Oh, it's just a giant bundle of blankets. Or those babies should be walking by now. Maybe both those babies died in a fire. And they replaced them with two different babies. If Polly gave birth in season one and mm-hmm. a full year has gone by... Right, they should be one-year-olds. They should be at least They one. should be pretty large one-year-olds. They should be almost one and a half. Yeah. 
Yes, they should. They should. <laughs> that woman, that baby was a newborn. I, yeah, this she isn't the same baby because those babies are dead. <laughs> right. This new baby. And no one in this town can understand that. The Jason Blossom Jr., which honestly, yeah. You know what? Everybody oh, yeah. got mad She's about like, that. his name's Jason Jr. And I'm like, yes, definitely save him from a life of juniper. Thank you. <laughs> or Dagwood. Or Dagwood. Save them. Penelope is doing God's work here. So Betty gets the confirmation that uh, Evelyn is that a, Evelyn is twenty six. She's orphaned. So she's everybody. like, we got to get Juniper out of there too, and goes back and like, uh, uh, what is it? Tony helps her, helps her get the second baby. And there's this amazing line she gets to say. You know what they say? It takes a village to mercy kidnap a child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tony. But then they turn a corner, and all of a sudden. It's like they're in the ceremony room, and everyone's where and the White Power Club is right there. <laughs> you can't do it. Shoot. Uh, and I mean, it's not wrong, but and this scene is bonkers, where Betty is like, "Mom, that's not his daughter, that's his wife," and she's, and like, she's yeah. like, "I know, I'm into it." It's really weird. And then Edgar's like, "Betty, I have all of your, I have everyone you know here: your mother, <laughs> your teacher." Your best friend? Who's my best friend? Kevin. Kev, Kev, Kevin's your best friend? Nah, he's kind of my friend. No, <laughs> Kevin's your best friend. Not for a long time. Hey, Kevin. I, I'm barely, I barely talk to Kevin. What? Kevin, you didn't tell me this. <laughs> I thought we were best friends. I thought we were best friends. Oh, this is really awkward. <laughs> uh, then everybody just well, I got, I got, I got your, your cousin and her girlfriend. Uh, do you... You like them? Come on, get in on this. Tony definitely went to third base with my boyfriend, so we're not exactly super close. I'm fascinated by the fact that Edgar's, like, so hot for getting Betty into this cult. Yeah, I get it. And I'm so mad that Tony, like, did the same thing Cheryl did. Unless she didn't. And then, in which case, I think that What's the play here, then? I have a theory about that, yeah. I have a theory, too. It's that they did the same move twice. I I was very surprised that Tony betrayed her. but it Right, it's sense. very surprising because you're like, they wouldn't do this twice. <laughs> it makes sense from a character perspective, though, because Tony was looking for family. Why wouldn't she join a cult? She joined several gangs. It's a great scene. Uh, I think Chad Michael Murray and Lily Reinhardt act the hell out of it. Yeah, they're And then we get a really scary part where uh, Betty drives away while everyone's slamming on, slamming non-threateningly on her car windows. You could, if you really wanted to get to Betty, you could easily punch out her <laughs> Yeah, window. if they really wanted to get her, they could have destroyed that car. Use they could have, they could have, They could have pushed it over. Yeah. I'm happy they didn't, because safety. Meanwhile, there's been a runner this whole time where Betty was trying to get her dad moved to the private for profit prison <laughs> to have a nice view of the lake in Hiram land. Why the fuck does she care? Your dad killed people. Yeah. You know that. That's a bad thing. <laughs> Stop trying to support your dad. But then again, so did Hiram. Like so everybody's dad kinda kills people. Well that doesn't make it okay. <laughs> no, but it's sort of like a thing that the dads do. Even Sheriff Keller killed somebody. He killed a Spencer. But that doesn't make it You're right. Doesn't make it okay. Just saying it's really common. Yeah. So Goddamn. Uh, <laughs> instead, uh, everything's terrible. And... Veronica... Sorry, yeah. I don't know. I, I got lost in there. Uh, so at the end of the episode, Veronica tells her, while you were... While, while your dad was being transferred, there was an accident with a truck. So you assume it means Hal escaped. Right. And, and then... she's like, Hal's dead. 
And the audience is like, no, he's not. Right. And if he is, we'll be really impressed. Right. But of course he's not. He's not dead. You know why he's not? Because that's the setup for Halloween. <laughs> In the that's that's the plot of Halloween. I kind of like this. Is that the dude is that the, the, the guy escapes from the prison transfer bus and then goes on the rampage. Yeah. And of course they're gonna save the return of the of the Black Hood for like an a, an episode next season. So do you Probably think- the Halloween episode next season. What if the Black Hood just kills a gargoyle king. That would be so funny. I know. And it's like, like Godzilla versus King Kong. Exactly. You're like, I brought my serial killer father and take care of this one for us. <laughs> Who are we even rooting hey, for? Hey, dad, he's bad. Uh, cleanse. Go Cle- cleanse. <laughs> cleanse. Trust me. My dad's a juice cleanse for the town. <laughs> <laughs> he's having sex with your wife and he's a sinner. Go do it. All right. Well, that solves that one. Yeah. And that's the, uh, that's the end of Betty's plot. End of the episode. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. We did it. So, uh, chaperone? No, sorry, we were tired of that. Chaperone, final chaperone is Fred Andrews. Right. So, oh, you're right, he did have the two scenes. Yeah, so I think that we should, this is the official retirement of the chaperone category. We right. love you, Fred. Right. We'll miss you so right. much. I don't want to ever hear that word again. Okay. We're recording now we're this done. episode. Now it's done. Uh, who would you do prom queen? Betty, because she tried. Okay. Who you give prom king to? Archie, because he tried. You want to give it to Archie and not Jughead? Yep. Okay. Uh, who are you going to throw under the bus? And I have a theory. It's Elio. <laughs> oh, fuck Elio. Yeah. yeah, but let's throw Hal under the bus because he's probably already under the bus. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, classic. But overall, actually, Hal was fine. This yeah, Hal's alive. No oh, one thinks for a second. Tony? If, yeah. Honestly, Tony, what the hell? <laughs> if Tony is not pulling some, like, voodoo, like... And she's not. ...trickery, then she's not, then yes. And who did the show throw into the bus? Kevin. Always. <laughs> Your best friend, Kevin. Good? Kevin? <laughs> okay. Ugh. Any, uh, rumor mill before we, uh... Well, I, the rumor mill is that Hal's not dead. Yeah. And he's gonna come back next season in, like, a Halloween episode as the Black Hood, uh, to do Halloween. I truly believe that's what they're going to do. It's like, oh, he's trying to kill Laurie Strode. Oh, he's trying to kill Betty. I love it. Yeah. He wouldn't kill Betty, I don't think. Right. But, yeah. um, nuts that Alice is like, oh, I'm, I want to be in this thruple. Uh, I, it, she might have several Like, wives. what happened to her? Uh, her brain was broken. <laughs> I feel like if the farm is moving from town to town and recruiting people, you could probably get the feds in on this one. Maybe. I just wish the FBI was ever an option in this town. Yeah. I feel like next season there should be a major crimes outpost in town. There was, like with there the was FBI. fake FBI guy. There was fake FBI guy. Yeah. So, John, what are you looking forward to this week? Uh, I just finished season two of Cobra Kai, and I am... Loving it? Yes. Holy crap. Oh, my God. I know you love it. We talked Let about me that. just, in, in miniature, season two is set over summer vacation where the Cobra Kai Dojo and Daniel LaRusso's Miyagi-Do Dojo are just recruiting kids and training them. And then at the end of the season, the first day of school happens, and all those kids go to the same high school, and a powder keg explodes. Interesting. And there is a full-on, like, showdown between both sides in the middle of the school hallways. It is incredible. Okay. Maybe I'll it watch is, it. It is insane. And I am... And that's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> what no. about you? What are you What are you thinking about right now? What's your jam? I'm going to recommend the other two on Comedy Central. Uh, it's hilarious. And just to keep it short and sweet, 
I, because by the way, guys, keeping it short and sweet, just because we're low battery. You're very low battery. Yeah. So it's about um, the siblings of this new YouTube star, and it's just hilarious. Molly Shannon is in it. It's very funny. Uh, I do have another one. It's called I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson, uh, which is on. Yeah, it's a sketch show on Netflix. It's really funny. So where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, at John Patton. You can find me on my blog, Catch from the Rye, where Rye is spelled W-R-Y. Nice fun. Thank you. What about you? Where can, they, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Riley Tweets. That's R-E-I-L-O-Y Tweets. And my dog Stella on Instagram at Stella the Mystery Pup. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, guys, we're running out of battery. And next week, we'll be on time. Yay! Over and out, River Vixens.